0: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Leon Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. Liz and Julie, this is our first ever pet and animal appreciation show. So I want to know what was the pet you wanted as a kid, but didn't get Liz? Well, Leon,
2: you may recall the time we trapped a skunk in a garbage can. And our plan was to de skunk the skunk and keep the skunk as a pet. I think oh, yeah. mom and dad must have been what that must have been. I for some reason I feel like we were highly unsupervised. Anyway, the skunk got loose and the skunk never happened. So yeah, surprisingly,
1: oh. it was a skunk. Okay. Julie, do you remember that? Were you? I home? do. I just, it all came back to me. And we had an old bathrobe that we put them in and we were, you know, then we put the garbage can on top of it. Oh no, yeah. No. It was quite a trapping. Yes. <laughs> Poor skunk. Yes. Okay. But, I'm going to say what I always say. I don't think I was born yet. Yeah. A skunk.
0: <laughs> no, I just wanted so a
1: Guinea fun. pig. I, I wanted a Guinea pig. I always oh. liked them. Okay. I wanted a Palomino pony. Okay. <laughs> with blonde golden hair. Yes. I wanted it. I kept asking for it. I did not get it. I think that was a good decision by mom and dad. (laughs)
0: What made you want that?
1: Was it a book or something? I mean, who wouldn't want a Palomino pony? Come on. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, this is the first time we've ever done a pet and animal appreciation show don't know what took us so long because we enjoy our pets and we always have and we Mm -hmm. love talking about animals on the show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were inspired by our guest who's coming up jenna blum who's written a wonderful book about her dear old dog woodrow uh he is gone now but the lessons of woodrow's life remain so we're going to talk to jenna about her book and about the magic of old dogs and how they bring communities together and then we just have like facts and roundups and interesting things about animals. Julie, you have put together an international news roundup
1: animal style. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's exciting. We haven't, we haven't gone around the world and to go around the world talking about special animals. You're going to love this. Yes. Okay. All right. We have a special entertaining sisters that is animal focused. And we have some of your
0: animal stories from Facebook, but first Liz, we have our super huge announcement.
2: This is a huge announcement. The holiday season is upon us, sisters and misters. Oh, smisters as we now say, smisters. So, um, so we're going to have a satellite sisters' holiday wrap party. So, it, cooking with Liz is sponsoring the satellite sisters' holiday wrap party. And you may may recall last year uh, on a December weekend, Lee and son Colin made us cocktail. We did a few things. It was fun. So we're doing that again, but it's bigger and better than ever because here's the theme. The Satellite Sisters Holiday Wrap Party is going to be Sunday afternoon, December 12th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we're making two cocktails and two pates. That's what we're Mm. doing. It's two times two. So two cocktails. I'll just say one with fire and one without fire. Um, You know, the one without will be a mocktail. So um, but Colin will, wants to teach us how to make some kind of big fire cocktail. So we'll see about that. And then the two pates was because and you and Julie, you, I know you make mom's pate all the
0: time. Our mother always made a pate for the holidays, right? Yeah it's a delicious like traditional country pate yeah it's a you eat a recipe that's easily doubled so you can make two one for thanksgiving and one for christmas so it's really a win-win or yeah. whatever holiday you celebrate there, new year's whatever yeah. so it's a great it's a great pate
2: recipe delicious. it's a classic
1: Cornichons and some yeah. little posts. oh
2: it's amazing yeah and of course i have never made it because why would i it when I could just go to Julie's and eat it or go to Liam's and eat it. right? <laughs> I knew they were always going to have it so that I was totally off the hook. So I'm going to learn how to make Edna Dolan's pate. So that's going to be our pate with me. And then Leon,
0: you're going to make a vegan pate, right? Yes. I, I feel like that's the challenge I can accept. It probably yes. will involve some mushrooms or something. I haven't found the recipe yet, but feel free to suggest one if you mm-hmm. have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And we'll, we'll post more of the details as, uh, as December 12th uh, gets closer, but we just wanted people to save the date, save the date. I know that, you know, many of you lockdown is over and you might be going out to Christmas parties, all kinds of holiday celebrations, whatever. But Sunday afternoon, December, December 12th, 5 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to be using fire. And uh, so you're not going to want to miss that. <laughs>
0: We did. We debated having it Saturday, but we thought you'd all be very busy going out. So it's Sunday.
1: It's yeah. Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you're giving, people are going to have their booster shots. That's good. All right. Can we cue the music? Because now we are doing an international news roundup, animal style. Okay. <laughs> now, as you know, I lived overseas for many years, so I always covered the international news in a segment known as the international news roundup. So for our pet appreciation. Week, I just thought I would um, pull together some excellent stories about international um, animals. And we're going to start in Scotland. And Leon, this story is for you. Oh. This is a conservation group that is trying to raise 8 million pounds, about $10 million. They want to buy a track of land. Okay. They have property on one side and they have property on the other side. But do you know the reason why they want to purchase this? portion this parcel in the middle get no. this they want to build this quote unquote a super highway for red squirrels okay <laughs> this is, okay okay I, only a, the, not time so I mean, only I in britain could, would, they, this is the group that would want to build you know, a a super highway for red squirrels because they want a continuous tree canopy for the squirrels. So they'll be able to move from the track of land they own over to the other track of land on the other side if they can just get that middle piece, you know, so they're they're on it. They're trying to raise 8 million pounds. Can't you just imagine all those red squirrels back and forth, back and forth on the super highway?
0: Yes, I can.
1: I, mean, I can't wait
0: to see that video. That's fantastic.
1: Yes. Okay. So this is a good cause. Uh, I don't know the name of the conservation group, but you can look it up. And if you would like to help some red squirrels in Scotland out, uh, I'm sure they would love to take your contribution. Okay. Next story, Columbia. Now this is fascinating. It's an amazing story. Everybody remembers the drug lord, lord Pablo Escobar, yeah. right? We all know right. about it. Caden King. Well, he illegally imported hippos to Colombia. He wanted like an exotic zoo and he had all these exotic animals, including four hippos. It started with just four hippos. They came over. Now, when he got arrested and put in jail, most of the other animals, like the zebras and the giraffes, they were sent to zoos, but the hippos, nobody wanted them. So they were just uh, a loose. Okay. They're just... <laughs> Okay. Really? Wow. Yes, out and about. But here's the thing, Liz. These hippos don't have a natural predator in Colombia, okay? Cuz they're not from Colombia, okay? Mm-hmm. They they weren't meant to be there. And now the hippo population has exploded they have hundreds of these hippos over all over colombia and they're eating the otters they're eating the manatees okay and so it's really a problem for colombia okay so oh, they wow don't... this is a big deal yes Ooh. it is yes it is okay so they it has created a havoc with the natural natural habitat of colombia so what to do okay so some people say they should sterilize the hippos some say they should be some kind of culling of the hippos. But a lot of animal groups don't want to do that. And in fact, um, they have filed lawsuits uh, uh, on behalf of the uh, hippos. And get this, this is really a legal precedent. A U.S. court in Ohio just this past week recognized the hippos as an interested person in this lawsuit. So this is... (laughs) This is wow. honestly the first time that an animal in the U.S., it happens in other countries, but not in the U.S., where an animal, in this case, the cocaine hippos of Colombia, have been recognized as having rights in a lawsuit, okay? And so they will be involved, are, their rights will be protected as part of whatever is the ongoing legal legal proceedings.
2: okay. This is great. And I'm already picturing the movie where the hippos come into court.
1: I think that's a <laughs> little bow ties on you think, oh, briefcases, <laughs> bow ties. Okay. Okay. So that okay. is, that is just an amazing story. I don't know which way to go, you know, but you got to feel for the hippos. You got to feel for the natural habitat right. and we need to find a solution there. Okay. Right. Next we're going to North Korea, you know, place that I visited uh, Kim Jong-un, they're, they, you know, they've had a terrible time. They have had, COVID has just really been a rampant in North Korea. Um, and, and, as, and additionally, they're having real food shortages. So they're really having problems with starvation. This is not the least bit funny or in, uh, as a story, but Kim Jong-un is trying to convince people to eat black swan. So because those seem oh, to be my only gosh. birds that are left For people to eat, and they have a big campaign on right now to tell people how tasty black swans are. So this is just again a human crisis. I know a humanitarian crisis in North Korea. You know, and we hope we can get to a different situation for all of the suffering that is going on there. Okay, I want to move on to India because it was just International Tiger Day. How about that? Mm, That's great. I love tigers. Yeah, Yeah, You know, the Bengal tigers, you know, that their populations was really, really dwindling. Okay, Mm -hmm. And now the good news is because of protection and conservation, the Bengal uh, tiger population has really grown and they have over 3000 tigers in India now. And they were down to a handful, I think, of tigers. So. This, I think, is good news. They're celebrating this and uh, very, very happy about the tigers in India, you know? And that's where conservation can work, and I'm glad that we're doing that. Okay. And finally, here is a story to warm your heart. That is the story of Magawa. He is a five-year-old African giant rat. Now, usually I'm not that, that keen on rats, and certainly not giant rats, but... <laughs> This rat, Magawa, was actually awarded a gold medal in Cambodia. Uh, and the reason why is because the rat has the ability to sniff out landmines. You know, Cambodia still has a problem with all of these landmines that were buried. And then people walk on them and they're you know severely injured. Right. African rats have a keen sense of smell. And Magawa is very good at it. And now he wears a little collar with a tiny little gold medal on it. Oh, How about oh, that. Now, can you be the believer? <laughs> I mean, come on. So were those wonderful pet stories? Those were great. I, yeah. All the way around.
2: Okay. A lot of very positive international news about animals.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I have a good
2: story right here at home in California, Julie. So I'm just going to jump in with a local um, story about good news. And this is the California condor, also an endangered species. Here's the latest headline. Endangered condor species can reproduce asexually. So the news is conservation geneticists working to preserve endangered California condors have discovered two instances of chicks hatching from unfertilized eggs, the first known cases of so-called virgin birth within the species. Now, you may remember this word from at some point in school when we studied this kind of thing, parthenogenesis, you remember that? Yeah, I remember the word. Had no idea what it actually meant. Well, parthenogenesis is the process by which female animals produce embryos that have not been fertilized by sperm, and it's more common in uh, vertebrate species like fish or lizards. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like okay. like among the birds, you knew that,
0: Leon? You sounded like you. No, were- that was oh. Julie. I, okay. I this I must have been out this week at school. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you had strep throat. You missed it. Okay. <laughs> Okay.
2: Well, before the, these brand new findings, the other known instances of parthenogenesis among birds was limited to turkeys, finches, and domestic pigeons, right? Mm-hmm. So it was very rare, and but it's because they have been tracking these condors for so long because they're endangered that they figured out this is how they are reproducing now. So California condors have long been endangered. So the population got down to 23 in 1982 i know know. we were down to 23 condors in 2020 julie 504 condors lovely Lovely. okay
1: they can maybe they can get a condor day too just like the
2: tigers okay So, and in the past, it said that parthenogenesis scientists thought that it was what they called a desperate form of reproduction. And it was only when females were in low male populations or were endangered that they could do this, but these condors are in captivity and they're just deciding "Mm, they can do this on their own. Yeah. There are males there and everything in the enclosure, but they got this. So good for you, California condors, uh, Being up to 504 is great. The more condors, the better. That's what I say. (laughs)
0: Liz, taking a pro-condor stance here (laughs) on Satellite Sisters. It's unexpected. Just like
2: local birds, you know, things because it's a California condor. It's not just a any old kind of condor.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I have a great roundup of pets from our Facebook group. I asked people, I told them this is it. It's pet appreciation week. It's the easiest prompt ever on facebook people just want to post photos so first of all shout out to some of the many pets joey gizmo mr wilson we have Leica, the chess playing cat roxy nemo ladybug ernie cat benatar jolene oh, benatar. tanya's two chickens who hate each other fofo cornelius the guinea pig riley scout loki too many to name but you all looked great and you're all bringing your owners a lot of joy so that's great couple of posts made me laugh and think and so I wanted to mention uh Ann's post she said her boy Finley is a fun stubborn Westie he's been great company this year she's an empty nester one of his most enduring qualities is that he loves to watch television especially Hallmark movies and Turner and Hooch on Disney plus (laughs) perfect me laugh. All right. Jenny told us about honey, the yellow lab, beautiful yellow lab. She said, she's the goodest of girls. She arrived to be a companion dog for her husband who has neurological, a neurological disease. But recently Jenny collapsed in the bathroom and she hit her head and knocked herself out in the middle of the night and honey gently and urgently woke up all the members of the house and brought them to her aid. After she returned home from the hospital, she did not leave her side while she slept off the concussion. Turns out she is set on supporting the whole family. Not an oh amazing God. story. That's amazing. Whoa. All right. Con- a you- condor can't do that. No. <laughs> no. Okay. If you have a service dog, maybe you want to thank Satellite Sister Diane. For Diana, for the past 20 years she's been working as a volunteer for an organization that provides service dogs free of charge to those who need them. To date, she said she's raised Uh, and helped train 25 dogs. And she's whelped three litters of puppies, 23 total. It's been such a great way to have a dog or two in the house yet not committed to for 14 years. She's been doing this for 14 years. She Mm -hmm. still doesn't have a dog. She -hmm. said, yes. Is it hard to give them up when they are called in for final training? Of course. But the joy and pride you have in your heart when they graduate with their human as a trained team makes it all worthwhile. That's great that's that super nice all right jenny we wanted to, so sorry you said goodbye to your beloved golden doodle winnie two weeks ago she's never had a pet before so she said i had no idea how difficult and sad it was going to be i know it's super sad the house is very quiet after you lose your pet so jenny we're thinking of you and then finally renee she wanted to tell us about her parrot uh, she said she loves to come home to her it because she can always count on an enthusiastic hi, baby, when I get home from work. <laughs> Excellent. That's, That's great, that. Renee. Yeah. That made me laugh. <laughs> hi, baby. That is fantastic. I would like that. From any member of my household. <laughs> any member. <laughs> okay. All right. Coming up next on Satellite Sisters, we're going to talk to Jenna Blum. She is the uh, New York Times, an international bestselling author of the novels, Those Who Save Us and The Storm Chas- Chasers. We were lucky enough to talk to Jenna about her beautiful book, The Lost Family, on Satellite Sisters a few years ago. Uh, her latest book is about her beloved and late Black Lab Woodrow. Stay with us. I think you're going to enjoy this. Carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody
2: yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So, yeah. the hair is important.
0: <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right. It's our pleasure to welcome back to Satellite Sisters, Jenna Blum. She is the author of the beautiful new memoir, Woodrow on the Bench. This recalls the last six months of Woodrow's life and the ways in which he taught Jenna to live. Jenna, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thank you so much for having me back again to talk about my old boy. I know I was a blubbering mess when I finished this. Is that the review you hear a lot? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> Actually, it will make me sound like a not nice person, but it is the review I aspire to, because if I'm writing about my beloved dog in the last chapter of his life and what it taught me, if you're not crying at the end, I haven't done my job. <laughs> okay, well, you did your job because I was a mess. Julie is our satellite sister with
0: a black lab. So, yes. Jewel, how did yes. you feel about this? Book? Well,
1: I mean, Jenna, I loved your book, but for me... As I read your book, uh, Woodrow sounds wonderful, you know, the George Clooney of dogs, I love that. Um, But of course I was thinking about my own black lab, Oliver. And I just just wanna warn you as you start out on this book tour, I, I think a lot of people are gonna be talking to you about Woodrow but more more about their own dogs and cats because i think that's what uh, every page i read i was thinking about uh, well oliver does stuff like that that's almost as cute as that or he does stuff that's cuter <laughs> than that or you know you know how it is i mean they just they find a place in your heart that you just you can't believe
3: absolutely i would love to see photos of oliver by the way i have been asking readers as we gear up to launch Woodrow into the world to send me photos of their old dogs and the first night I asked this on my social media I'm Jenna Blum on Facebook Twitter and Instagram I got 287 (laughs) old dog photos and it was overwhelming but in the best way I literally lay on my couch that night and cried looking at all of those sweet old sugar faces and readers sent me stories to go along with their dogs and I downloaded all the photos wrote the age of the dog and the name on each photo and put them on my website on the page that is called the wall of dogs and I just feel like it's such an honor to meet all of them and also to be a connector in this way that's really what Woodrow on the Bench is all about it's the community that coalesces around our old dogs Mm -hmm. tell us about Woodrow tell us about him what made him so special well, he was, as you aforementioned, the George Clooney of dogs, <laughs> nothing, George, if you're listening, you know, this is the time that you can take note to play Woodrow in the movie of the, the Woodrow life, the Woodrow biopic. So I didn't actually give him this nickname. My friend, Lisa Borders, who's a novelist, gave Woodrow that nickname after reading about Woodrow's exploits on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, because Woodrow also had his own and still has his own robust social media presence. But he would be posting about his life with the ladies and his skills with the ladies. Uh And Woodrow... As my agent, his French, said, Woodrow, when he was young, he was a baller. And he <laughs> really was. Like his dog sitter when he was about five or six called him Big Baller. And he just had this very elegant way about him. He had very long legs for a lab. He was an American slash Canadian lab. They're bred to be long and lean and to be hunting dogs. And so he had sort of a longer face and this great dog smile, you know, the sort of drawbridge jop drop jaw. Um, and he really drew people to him and particularly women, vet techs, veterinarians, uh-huh. Uh-huh. total strangers, sororities, you name it. So I would just watch in admiration as my dog tractor beamed in all of these people.
0: Well, you <laughs> make the point in the book too, that um, your relationship with Rudra lasted longer than your relationship with fiancés and men and, and husbands. So why, why do you think that was?
3: It's true. I think, and I'm hoping that the book also holds up a torch for readers, not just who are going through grief or who have old dogs or who are looking at that last chapter of their dog's life and thinking, how do I navigate this? But also for people who've made what I think of still as untraditional life choices. I was married as a youngin. I I was a child bride and ended that marriage because my otherwise lovely husband didn't understand my writing career and my need to write. And I didn't think that I could have kids and write books at the same time. I thought I would be a very distracted and probably mean mom because my first love was writing. And I've known a lot of really terrific guys, but I was citing um, uh, J. Alfred Prufrock in the book saying in the rooms, you know, the men come and go and who has stayed, but Woodrow basically. (laughs) So my dog was really my durable Love. You know, the men were very passionate loves, but the relationships didn't fit. But Woodrow and I had this relationship that fit just right. And many of you who have dogs know what I mean. He was my east, my south, my north, my west, my workday week and Sunday rest. And his structure and his needs really provided my structure in my life. And his silliness and goofiness and his elegance and his humor as a dog personality also provided my daily joy. Hmm, that's a nice memory. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: You know, when he was 14, which is old for a lab, you received a really serious diagnosis for him that he had congestive heart failure. And really Jenna, from that point forward, which is what the memoir chronicles, you gave everything to care for him. I mean, you gave up working, you gave up vacations, you gave up holidays you had just lost your mom to breast cancer as well. So how did that factor in? Like, why did you decide this is it? I'm just taking care of this dog.
3: Well, I think that it really was a no brainer for me just because Woodrow was still intact as a personality and as a very present soul. When I was making this decision after I got this diagnosis from Woodrow's cardiologist, and yes, my dog had a cardiologist. (laughs) It's
1: impressive. This- well, he is George Clooney. Okay, good. Right,
3: exactly. Like George had a cardiologist. George also had an acupuncturist, and my dog had all sorts of like physical therapists, you know, all ladies, of course, except for his cardiologist, who was this very handsome doctor at this amazing animal hospital here in Boston called the Angel Memorial Animal Hospital. And this very caring doctor took me out into the parking lot when Woodrow was having health troubles and handed me what was basically a death sentence and said, you need to be prepared pretty soon to make the difficult decision of when to help your dog pass because he has congestive heart failure and it's not a diagnosis that dogs or people come back from, it's degenerative. Mm -hmm. And my mom had just passed a few months before that and I remember sitting in the parking lot and talking to her and my dad who had also passed and saying you should be ready to receive Woodrow when he comes and we watch for him and I was crying Woodrow's in the back seat of my car. And then I look back at Woodrow and he's looking at me with his roundy, roundy black eyes. And he was smiling and panting and saying to me like, look, Mamu," because he also talked like Barack Obama and George Clooney combined, like the perfect basic man basically, right? And he was like, look, Mamu, I have been in the scary place with the doctors and now we can go home and get hamburgers. And I was like, you know, the dog is still here. Anna Quinlan wrote this great memoir called Good Dog's Stay," where she mm-hmm. talks about, If the nose and the tail still work, the dog is happy. And I really used that and a quality of life indicator that my vet gave me to determine when Woodrow was no longer present and when he was no longer happy. And until that time, I was really determined to keep him alive as long as I could, not because I'd suffered too much loss, but because I felt like with my mom right up until the last week of her life and of Woodrow's life, they were both still present and they were happy. Yeah. That was right. really important to me to prolong that as much as possible. Well, it, as Julie said, you're reading it and you're reading about
0: Woodrow, but you're thinking about your own dog because I we lost our mom and dad very close to each other ago. So our mom and then our dad died three months later. And then a, just a couple months after that, my dog was diagnosed with um seven-year-old German Shepherd was diagnosed with something. You know, they didn't quite know what. And they told me they wanted to do exploratory surgery. And I had just been through, through so many doctor's appointments with my mom who died of cancer and they started to talk about chemo. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go home with Steph, with Mia and just give her the best six months of her life. I just feel like that's the right way for me. She so hated the doctors. So the thought of more appointments. So it really struck me, you know, reading your book, I was just taken right back to that, that, that idea. And it was really, I think in not until after we had to put Mia down, you know, six months after her diagnosis that I began to even grieve my parents. Like it was just all caught up in that. Did you find that there was some sort of a delayed grief of grieving your mom?
3: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And you can't see me because this is radio, but I'm sitting here nodding and nodding and nodding in recognition. And I hope that readers who have gone through grief with a parent, with a spouse, with God forbid children, Um, and then also had this sort of insult to injury of having to put down your beloved animal companion. I hope that this book holds your hand because that's why I wrote it. I just wrote a piece for Zibby Owens, Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve, about this very topic about how when my mom died, I just felt very confused. I mean, I knew, of course, that she was going to die because she was very, very sick. And we were just kind of waiting for that tsunami to come and sweep over us and I just felt like Bambi after the forest fire I just, I just kept thinking where is she you know people said to me oh she's still here and she's looking down on you and as well-intentioned as that sentiment was I thought no she's not she's actually not here I can't feel her at all her presence is gone and my mom being my mom I figured she had probably gone to float around in the Notre Dame, like in the nave, with like with a martini in one hand and 14 (laughs) cigarettes in the other hand. Exactly when they had that fire at the Notre Dame, I'm like, oh yeah, it you mom. Like I knew exactly who had started that. I could just hear her being like, oopsie, you know, and like flicking her angel ash down into the nave. But um, so I really like after my mom died, just kind of got on with it. And I had a book tour then I was promoting my book, the lost family. And I think that saved me in some respects, having that book to work on and get out into the world and also having Woodrow, but I didn't cry very much. I cried once really galvanically. And then it cut off, like somebody had shut off a switch Mm -hmm. after Woodrow died. I was in freaking consolable for like three days. Like my friend said, do we have to take her to the emergency room? Cause I just could not stop crying. And they, you know, they gathered around me and watched over me and kind of sat Shiva with me for my dog. And I think that our grief for people is huge and complicated. And Mm -hmm. our grief for our animals is pure because our love for them is so pure. Mm -hmm. And so my grief for Woodrow really helped me unlock I think a lot of the big complicated grief that I feel for my mom and I'm still feeling and I still grieve for both of them every day of course okay. but in different ways.
1: And really. how do you feel when you see a black lab now? Is that oh, a-
3: <laughs> I feared very much before Woodrow died like I was actively resentful of of ASPCA commercials and pet food commercials before he died because I thought after he died I will never be able to look at another dog. I live on this beautiful greenway that's very prominent in the memoir called the Commonwealth Mall and people walk their dogs up and down the mall all the time. And I thought, how am I even to be able to look out the window? But in fact, six months after Woodrow passed, I got another dog who is a black lab. I have a black lab puppy now whose name is Henry Higgins. <laughs> and Henry, who is nothing like Woodrow, has helped distract me from the grief that I feel about Woodrow. And they're very different personalities. And somebody said to me before Woodrow passed, when you get a new dog, because you will, because you're a dog mom, you're a dog person, you're going to think your new dog is very weird because he's not like Woodrow. And in fact, that's true. Like I find Henry very weird, but in the way of dogs, he's also completely silly and completely wonderful. And if Woodrow was George Clooney in a dog suit, a person in a dog suit. Henry is a dog in a dog suit. He's like <laughs> Owen Wilson as a <laughs> fat boy in a dog suit. And he's like, <laughs> hey lady, that's fresh beer cans on our hands. <laughs> so he's great in a different way.
0: Well, one of my favorite pandemic activities was doing Henry's ex- exploits on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you being generous with Henry as well. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about grief, but there are a lot of joyous moments in this book. And, um, I just encourage people to pick up a copy of Woodrow on the bench, but, uh, as, as we sign off, tell us the best part of the book for me was when you gave Woodrow the 15th birthday party. I mean, just describe that scene on his own special bench and what you brought and the invitations and who showed up because I
3: just loved it. I'm kind of giggling a little bit because I'm so glad that you love that chapter. And many people have talked about that chapter and said, it's just hilarious. And I was like, is it like, this is just my. (laughs) So so just to set the scene very quickly for readers, yeah, bench is across the street from my apartment in downtown Boston on this greenway called the Commonwealth Mall and it was as far as Woodrow could get every day. He was not very mobile with the heart failure and with his back legs having gone. And I would carry him to this bench every day, like an 85 pound log in a harness called a help him up harness. And there we would sit and Woodrow would hold court. And this incredible community of friends, neighbors, and strangers grew up around us to help us with getting back across the street, getting back up the stairs, bringing us food, bringing us coffee, and just keeping us company and sharing anecdotes about their own lives and their own dogs. And it was hilarity and sorrow and love. And I thought this is so extraordinary. That's really why I wanted to write the memoir about these amazing people who knit themselves around me and my old dog when we needed them the most and really taught me how to let people in the 15th birthday party was a great example of this. I sent out an invitation to all of the dog mom and dog dad neighbors, which was many, many people saying, please join us at the bench. Woodrow is 15. Champagne and bacon will be served. Champagne for people. And Woodrow loved bacon. So I I fried up like eight pounds of bacon. And on my book tour for Woodrow, I'm handing out candied bacon. So PS, like check out Jenna and look at my events. You will get bacon if you eat it. But I went out to the bench with bags clanking with champagne, with all of this bacon, also carrying Woodrow. We had big balloon, like happy birthday, Woodrow. We had like firecrackers and nobody came for like half an hour. And I thought, oh my God, I am sitting on this bench, like an ass with a hat on my head. And Woodrow (laughs) had this big happy birthday, you know, button pinned to his harness, looking at me like, what's going on, Mamou? And then all of a sudden, all of these people converged on us from all chapters of Woodrow's life, like people who were there when I bought him home from the breeder as an eight week old puppy, people who'd known him as a, as a toddler dog, as an insane, you know, young dog running around with a bucket on his head in a dog park from his you know, prime days of being on the beach. And then people who had met us when he was very, very old and helped us. And we just had the most magical time. And that chapter taught me that no matter what's going on in the world or where you are, you can be part of a community just by showing up every day with your dog. And that community, that goodwill is actually the common denominator, not incivility, not rancor, but that goodwill and that love and happiness.
0: Are we all crying,
3: Liz? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: You're You're you here. did it. Jenny, you did
0: your job. Yes. Yay. Happy oh, tears, ladies. Thank Happy you. tears. <laughs> Happy tears. No, it's just a lovely book. It's always lovely to talk to you. Speaking of spreading goodwill and community, you just do amazing work with the mighty blaze. and we're going to tell our listeners all about that in the newsletter. Jenna, I know you have a really busy day, but we just want to thank you. Good luck on this book tour. And thank you for letting us uh, into Woodrow's life a
3: little bit. I'm so grateful to you for sharing my old boy with all of your listeners and readers and readers. I hope you love Woodrow on the Bench. Um, and that it brings you comfort and joy, especially with the upcoming holiday season.
0: Thanks, Jenna. Thanks, Thanks Jenna. Thank you, you, Jenna. Thank you,
3: sisters. Love you Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Liz
0: and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support satellite sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, All right. We're back. And as long as we're talking about gifts, remember, we have a Satellite Sisters shop.
2: I will put a link in the show notes and uh, and we'll also make sure it's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. There's lots of great Satellite Sisters merch there for, for you to order for yourself or for for your sisters and misters, men's and women's stuff there. So check out the Satellite Sister Shop. And also another really easy thing to share with a friend, with a smister, is just if you have a favorite episode of the show, try forwarding them the actual episode from the app, because we just love when people listen to the show and get introduced to us that way. It could be
0: this episode, list because how much did we cry during the Jenna Blum? I mean, (laughs) mean, my gosh.
2: (laughs) A lot going on. A lot going on in this episode. And, Leanne, we got a super nice review in Apple Podcasts uh, from someone who wrote that the headline was, A Weekly Laugh. And speaking of health and everything that we've tried to focus on, she wrote laughter has been proven to benefit our health in so many ways. And so does the satellite sisters podcast from my first episode in 2020. I have laughed out loud at least once during every episode. <laughs> thank you, sisters for bringing us all better health. So Aww. thank you. We signed mess. I, oh, password mess is her code name or his code name. <laughs> anyway, but I like the fact that this is a new listener, someone who came to us in 2020. So, right. so welcome. And, uh, and thank you for posting that, that really sweet
1: review. I love that. Well, it is time for Entertaining Sisters. And we have some picks that are animal related. How about that? Okay, so I'm going to go first. I have an, uh, an Instagram recommendation for you. If you just want to reach zen every day I suggest that you start following cow of the day that's at cow of the day okay you can house um, c-o-w cow cow a cow you get to see a like a really beautiful cow every single day in your feed oh, nice! don't you like cow's faces they're they're like amazing with those big eyes those cow eyes yeah you want that <laughs> every day just try it you're going to like it. Okay. Cow of the day. That's my recommendation. Now I have our assignment was uh, for special dog, pet, animal movies that we love. And I want to recommend three. The first one is really based on a true story. This is of a a Japanese Aikido dog. And the name of the movie is Hachi, H-A- CHI a dog's tail. Now, the original one was done in Japanese and you can watch that to Hachiko Monogatari, but there is also a version here in the US. With Richard Gere, Joan Allen, and Jason Alexander, and it's just a story of dog loyalty. Okay, you're going to be crying. Just uh, get the tissues ready because it's a wonderful, wonderful story of a dog of of a single dog's loyalty. Um, and I, I won't say anything else. But I would recommend Hot hachi a dog's tail okay. now my two others are animated movies and i know that now that because you don't have little ones in the house Leanne and liz you may not always go to the animated category when you're looking for entertainment yeah but i highly recommend the secret life of pets okay haven't you always wondered what your dog is doing when you're out of the house you know always, yes. always. okay yes. well you did that's really the premise of the secret life of a pet and this the voiceovers are done by Kevin Hart, Eric Stone Street, Lake Bell, Jenny Slate, and Ellie Kempers. So it's it's really just so funny, so charming. You will love it. You won't be embarrassed to be home alone watching a, an animated movie. Okay? okay. And then finally, I want to recommend Hotel for Dogs. It's in the same category, just an absolutely adorable movie about dogs, about perseverance and There, uh, Emma Roberts, Don Cheadle, and Lisa Kudrow do some of the voices for the animals. So three solid movies all about dogs and pets. Okay, Julie,
2: those are good. You know, it's funny. When I walk in the door and see Hooper, The first thing I say to Hooper every time I come home is, so what would you do while I was gone? And (laughs) uh, he has never answered me. I would love to know what he does here all day. Right. (laughs) Okay. I have a movie to recommend. Many of you may have seen it, but it's one of those that is always worth watching again. And that is Best in Show, which is the sort of American mockumentary that was made by Christopher Guest about... Entrance in a prestigious dog show. So it's about the people and the dogs. It's written by Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy, of course, from Schitt's Creek. And Eugene Levy, and they're both in it. So I'm just going to tell you about the dogs that are in this movie. So Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, also from Schitt's Creek. They play Jerry and Cookie Fleck, and their dog is a Norwich Terrier, Winky. OK, so that's cute. Then Parker Posey's in this. She's great in everything uh, with Michael Hitchcock. And they have a Weimaraner yep. called Beatrice, right? So they're the like the yuppie couple. Yeah, they're they're Anyway, so that's that's them. So that's Beatrice, the we- Weimaraner. Christopher guest. Oh my God. He's so hilarious in this movie. He plays this Southern guy. Who's the owner of a, like a fishing store named Harlan pepper. He's also an aspiring ventriloquist. Oh my God, he's hilarious. And of course he is a bloodhound because what could be funnier than a bloodhound is a bloodhound named Hubert, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. So if you saw the white Lotus, you saw her recently yes. in that, um, she, she and her husband is uh, pay, played by Patrick Cranshaw. They have a standard poodle named Rhapsody in white. That's, <laughs> and that's a whole scene that uh, I can't even tell you the plot twist related to Sherry, the character, Sherry Ann, Leslie, and then the dog trainer, Christy, who is played by Jane Lynch. And then there's a there's a couple, uh, John Higgins and Michael McCain. They are, uh, and they have a Shih Tzu named Miss Agnes, and they are very confident that Miss Agnes is going to win. Anyway, the people are funny, the dogs are funny, the movie is funny, best in show, you can't miss.
1: Right, you can watch that a couple times, yes. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I want to mention Fantastic Mr. Fox. Ooh, so not a dog movie, but uh, a Wes Anderson animated film. Uh, it is about a fox, Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's voiced by uh, George Clooney and Meryl Streep play the the couple in the movie. I, I just love this movie. And I remember taking my son to it. It came out in 2009. And Colin liked animation. We came out of this and he said, I think that's the best movie I've ever seen. Oh. And I was like, oh, I think it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's just grown in statue for me. Oh. So it's on Disney Plus now. If you haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, it would be a great holiday family film. Uh, it's just clever and smart. And it's Wes Anderson and great voice talent. And I, I just love this movie. So uh, it's very special. Okay. So I, I've never seen
1: it. All oh, right. Oh, I'm oh, definitely oh, going to watch that. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, it's very. It's Wes Anderson, so it's very clever. It's a very sophisticated animated film. Uh-huh. But um, That's when I felt like I knew Colin was very special. And <laughs> he said, I really love that movie. Such sophisticated like, taste wonder, in cinema. I wonder if he's getting this movie. Oh, he's getting it. He's getting it. <laughs> uh, all right. We went to Facebook and we asked you about some of your favorite animal-related films, books, podcasts list is so vast. I could (laughs) not possibly say them all here. I am going to compile them and put them in this week's talk. So, that's what I want you to do is subscribe to pep talk if you're not, uh, but because there's just so many, and some of them are fresh and new. You haven't heard of others are classics like the incredible journey, uh, the Henry oh, mudge good. books. There was a whole, you know, a lot of people enjoyed all the rabbit books, watership down rabbit oh, Hill and Panicula. I know, right? I listened to an audio version of Watership Down this summer. It was fantastic. Um, Balto, Martha Speaks. That was a really great book about, you know, if your dog could talk. Oh my gosh, that was the best. Uh, (laughs) The Art of Racing in the Rain. Uh, People had puppy podcasts and things like that. So I'm going to compile this whole list and include it in Pep Talk this week. But thank you. Fantastic. We appreciate all the suggestions. All right. Uh, It's time to say goodbye. (laughs) This has been, can I just say, Lynn, it's been a real mood lifter.
2: Yes. Animals and pets theme. I'm digging it, even though, of course, we had some sad animal stories,
0: but, But, you know, a real mood lifter. Good idea. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, I was inspired by Jenna. And uh, I think it really worked out. It's been fun. It's been fun. Um, We'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. Thank you, Sergio. Don't have no idea if Sergio has any pets. We're going to get to the bottom of that uh, at the end of the show. (laughs) Big thanks to Emily Loudermilk, who does our graphic design. If you're not following us on Instagram, that's a great place to see Emily's work. She always finds really funny quotes from the show. uh, And she just creates the artwork for it. We don't tell her anything. She just listens to the show, and picks out what she loves. A big thanks to our sponsors this week. And thanks to our misters, satellite misters and sisters <laughs> who support our sponsors. This is how this whole thing works. Okay. It's our to-do list. Um, for me, I have to go hop on a plane. I'm going to Dallas. So, oh, Jill, I'm going to be there with yes. my Rothies. Say no more. Okay. <laughs> we, we got some work to do. We got a speech to give in Dallas. So, I'm on my way. Okay,
2: good luck. Well, I'm inspired by this show, sister. So I think I'm gonna do something I've never done before, which is get get a holiday collar for Hooper. I'm thinking I might step it up this holiday season and get him like a special, you know, exciting holiday collar. I could use it in my life and he probably could too. So I like the idea.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I after listening to Jenna, Jenna, I'm going to take my dog for a walk. That's what I'm gonna take my Oliver for a walk. I'm going to give him extra time for sniffing and anything else that he wants to do outside.
0: (laughs) That's good. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.